Well, 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 the big D is back uh, on this Friday night. We'll discuss everything from week six, uh, Thursday night football, Broncos, Chiefs. Is Russell Wilson watch? Do the Chiefs need a wide receiver? And more on the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alex, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my content. See all my uh, videos. Also check out the Big D Podcast for audio audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So uh, joining us to discuss everything from uh, Russell Wilson, Chiefs, Maybe, I don't know, I mean, how the Dolphins got to play the New York football Giants and uh, Carolina Panthers. The biggest Taylor Swift fan I know, Alex. I don't know about the last part, but uh, thank you for the otherwise lovely introduction, Dylan. It's a pleasure to be back as always. Come on, Alex. Come on, Alex. You probably have like 20 of Taylor Swift's albums on your mantle at home. (laughs) Uh, definitely not my uh, musical artist of choice, but uh, you know we can just shake that off. Come on. Well, then who is your number one music mogul? Oh man, I'm a I'm a big Green Day fan, Dylan. Anything '90s rock alternative, Blink 182, Weezer. I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm a '90s kid, but Green Day is definitely uh, the number one for me. Okay. Okay. So uh, Thursday night football. Usually provides some kind of provides a lot of answers. I think this Thursday night provided us with more questions because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Denver Broncos nineteen to eight. And be honest with you, I mean I didn't see all the game, but everything I saw uh, and looking at the stats and looking at Russ Wilson, I'm like, what happened to Russ? Because did you see how many yards he threw for last night? Uh, yeah, I believe it was double digits. I think he threw for, wait, in 60 minutes, right? He threw for what? 90 yards? 95 total yards passing. Or one of or one of Josh Allen's passes to Gabriel Davis last year. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, de- definitely not uh, the statistical performance we are uh, looking to see in, uh, in primetime football. I mean... I thought that when the Denver Broncos acquired Russell Wilson, they were geniuses. Apparently, Pete Carroll was the genius because Russell Wilson is 34, no major injury, and looks like he's 48. Yeah, you know, it's really unfortunate because, you know, we've seen such a great success from Russell Wilson in the NFL. And, I mean, he was always one of those guys, you know, who just had that personality who it was kind of easy to root for. He was a little awkward, a little nerdy. Um, you know, obviously the the let's ride uh, uh, made some circles in the in the media and on social media, uh, in particular. But you know, I've always been a big Russell Wilson fan, just uh, from a neutral perspective. I always thought, you know, he was a uh, he was you know different profile than you typically see from from the quarterback position. He made it work. He was very successful, you know, in, in his time in Seattle. And it's just it's honestly a shame to me to to see what it's come to and and kind of what his legacy has. Has kind of crashed and burned as it has, uh, similar to uh, yeah his head coaching counterpart currently out there in Denver. But um, you know, it's it, it honestly that's that's my first initial thoughts when it comes to thinking about Russell. Is it's just it's just sad to see kind of the the trajectory of his career and how it's you know really fallen off from one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League that 
we had consistently, you know, I think uh, talking heads around the NFL for, for years and years had, would, you know, agree that Russell Wilson was one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just a shame, um, to be honest, to, to see him struggling so much in Denver. And it's, it's I mean, just it's just watching him be a, really a shell of, of his former self. So, and, and, you know, as an NFL fan, first and foremost, you know, it, like I said, you know, it's, it's just something that, you know, I, you never want to see, you know, those successful players really fall off like that. I know uh, there's been a couple of quarterbacks. I know Drew Brees, you know, the last season, uh, season or two of his career, you know, his, his skill level had, had diminished, his arm strength had pretty much fallen off. And, you know, it's just those guys, those long-term, you know, childhood quarterbacks, you know, it's, you never want to see them getting older and, and really starting to, to hit the wrong side of the hill. But, you know, I think it's safe to say that that's about uh, where we are with Russell Wilson at this point. Yeah, I mean, seeing some of these old guys play, I mean, Eli Manning was done two, three years before he retired. Big Ben looked like he spent most of the offseason at Golden Corral. Yeah. Drew Brees was done probably two, three years before he retired, and Peyton Manning had more neck surgeries than super than than MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I, I you, and you have to fully understand it. I mean, these guys who have been playing quarterback in the National Football League for you know decades, it's or at least you know ten plus years. It's it's hard to give it up, but you know, I, at some point, you know, you you know that that. You know, you're doing it for the fans at the end of the day and, and not being able to put out a product that's worth watching is, uh, you know, almost doing a disservice to yourself. I mean, um, do you think do you think Russ is just – it's funny watching Russ play because he's never dealt with an injury. I mean, the biggest injury he's dealt with is a finger injury. But what, what do you think is up with Russ? Is it that he's lost his mobility or maybe we focus more on the mobility more than his accuracy and quirkiness? Yeah, you know, I think there's I think there's a couple facets. You know, he was in a really – I'm sure he was really comfortable in Seattle. Obviously, working with Pete Carroll for so long, you know, he – uh, we, we saw the, relation, uh, the connection that he had built with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, in their time there and to, to kind of uplift after being there, you know, for uh, so long and, 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 you know, being in that, in the Seattle Seahawks franchise for so long, you know, there's definitely a learning curve and there's definitely an adjustment. It's just, you know, worrying and concerning to me that it's been this long and things definitely seem to be getting worse for the Broncos as opposed to getting better. You know, it's, it's hard to kind of nail down exactly what I think, um, you know, the main the main concerns with them, whether it's confidence. I mean, there, there's talent on that Denver Broncos offense. I mean, Jerry Judy is a heck of a wide receiver. Horton Sutton is not, is not you know, a, a, a Joe either, you know. I mean, Javante Williams obviously is dealing with, you know, the repercussions of his injury from last season. But, you know, there's talent on that team, and there's too much talent on that team to be throwing for 95 yards in a professional football game. Like, I know it's Thursday night. I know it's a short week, you know, and, and it makes things tough. You're playing against the Super Bowl champions. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, we, we, we've, you know, Josh Allen can make that in one play. Tua with, with his speed receivers can make that in one play. It's just you're playing 60 minutes of football, and you really got to be able to, I mean, 13 to 22, it's just, just honestly a dreadful performance. 
I mean, I like Denver's offense. I mean, I wish they played more men's more. I mean, Jerry Judy, Colton and Sutton. I don't know why Javante Williams hasn't played more coming off the ACL because we saw look good last week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, injuries are – it's a case-by-case basis. You can't have, you know, a, 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 a collective answer for, for each injury, even if it's the same injury. But, yeah, it's just – I mean, you know, it just seems like it's time to, to blow it up, really. Um you know, it's uh, Jerry Judy has been uh, kind of working through the the trade rumor mill. Uh, looks like Indianapolis might be interested in, in making a move for him, so he might be out the door. And uh, you know, it's 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 a shame it's a shame to the Broncos organization that they threw so much money at Sean Payton because that experiment does not seem like it's working out at all. Why, why do you think Russ and Sean Payne aren't working? Because to me, I see one difference. You know, Sean's so demanding, so aggressive, while Russ is more spiritual, happy, and I don't think the relationship's all there. No, I, I think you make a great point. I think that's going to be, you know, we're not in there. We're not in, you know, there every day, but just taking it from the perspective that we have as fans and, you know, talking heads, if you will. Um, you know, it's, I, I definitely think that that's gotta be a big portion of it. Just looking at their personalities. I mean, I I don't want to stack on what you said, but I mean, you make a very good point where Sean Payton, you know, he has that, that reputation for being stern, for being, you know, a coach's coach and, and, you know, uh, not necessarily, you know, going the, the Mike McDaniel route or like the, the nice guy kind of route, obviously bounty gate, you know, that I don't think that necessarily happens, uh, you know, with a buddy, buddy head coach in the first place. So, uh, you know, and, and with, with, um, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, I mean, you know, whether it's personality, whether, you know, one of them just isn't happy with the production of the other one, I'm sure they both are probably feeling some frustrations from the other part, from their, from the counterpart, but you know, we're not, like I said, you know, we're not in the facility day by day, you know, we can only see what's on TV, you know, on Sundays and, and the clips from, from practices through the week that we get, but, yeah, I definitely think personality. There's uh, just uh, you know from surface level, there it seems like there would be a conflict there, and you know things definitely aren't working out in the performance uh, side of things. So you got to think there's got to be something going on. There's got to be some sort of disconnect. And by the way, it's not like Sean Payton's been escape proof this year. I mean, why do you take a timeout with what twenty something seconds left in the first half? Yeah. When you know the city only needs 13 seconds to score. Yeah, it's just honestly, I mean, uh, you know, we, we I, I don't want to make it all about the Dolphins, but you, you give up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins, and, and half that defense, maybe even more of that defense, quit in the third quarter of that football game, which at that point the game was so out of hand, like you know you're not coming back. But, um, you know, it's just like I, I, I just have a feeling that, the players aren't bought in, so obviously, I mean, they can't be bought into what Sean Payton's saying. They're sitting at one and five, and you know, in uh, definitely in, in prime spot for a top draft pick this year. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, I, I just have to have a feeling that the players aren't on board with uh, with the vision that the coaches have. If the coaches have a vision, because you know, at this point, it really doesn't look like they do have a vision. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily just a disconnect between Russell Wilson and uh, and and Sean Payton. I think. You know, position coaches, I think, uh, you know, coordinators, it just seems like no one is really, you know, in it uh, for the Denver Broncos this season. You're giving up on football games. 
you're, you know, sitting at one and five, you spent a lot of money on a quarterback, you spent a lot of money on a head coach. And, you know, none of that is, uh, uh, or a lot of capital on a quarterback, I guess you could say, but you know, none of it's working out. And I know if I was a player in that situation, I'd be looking at the, at the salary that my head coach is making with a one in five record wondering, you know, why is he making this much, uh, you know, this much amount of money, maybe even more than some of these players on the team. And, you know, these are results we're getting. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't blame some of those players for being frustrated and, you know, not necessarily give them their hundred percent. And plus, I think the Broncos could potentially be a trade. I mean, usually you don't see teams quote unquote selling professional football. I think Denver could sell Judy, Sutton, Garrett Bowles, uh, who's the safety to pick off Mahomes last night, Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. Denver could sell off a couple of pieces. I mean, they already released Frank Clark. That uh, you know, they made that news official, so they couldn't even trade him. Um, and then who's the other defensive lineman? What, Randy Gregory? I think. Yeah, um, now he's from San Francisco. Yeah, they parted ways with him earlier in the week as well. So you know, before the trade deadline, I, I wouldn't be. I, I you know, I, I would think it's safe to assume that that's not the last moves they're making. Obviously, you know, I referenced the the Jerry Judy trades. I mean, there was something that came out I think last week that said pretty much every piece on on the Denver's defense other than other than one, which, you know, we have to assume Pat Sertan is that one, uh, is pretty much available. So, yeah, you know, it Why seems like... Broncos trade him? Honestly, you know, it, it just depends on if you want to blow it up, blow it up, or, uh, you know, if you want to at least keep... I mean, he's a young piece. You're not paying him anything. He's still in his rookie deal. And he, he's proven himself as one of the most talented, you know, young defensive players in the league, so... Yeah, I mean, you got to keep some pieces for the future. You, you can't necessarily blow everything up. Uh, he would definitely get you the most value if you are looking to move somebody. But I think there's enough expendable pieces on that Denver team that they can get some assets. They can really set themselves up for the future without necessarily giving, you know, the, the you know, their, their diamond in the rough, if you will, on that. But I, I have a question for you, Dylan. Um, you know, I'm curious. Obviously, with Denver sitting at one and five, you're at this point in the season, you're already thinking towards the draft. Uh, you kind of have to after six games uh, with one win. And uh, I'm curious, you know, if, if, if Denver Broncos end up with, say, a, a top three draft pick, are you thinking quarterback? Are you thinking replace Russell Wilson? Or, or what, where's your mindset if you're in charge of the, of, the, uh, of the draft room on draft day, you know, sitting there with the Denver Broncos top three pick? 1,000% I'm taking a quarterback. 1,000% I'm taking a quarterback. It doesn't even have to be Caleb Williams. It could be Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Jadul Sanders. The Broncos need a new quarterback. Russell Wilson's old and getting old. I don't care if his contract is basically untradeable. I mean, the Packers somehow trade Aaron Rodgers. The Falcons ate a huge amount of dead cap space on Matt Ryan. If the Broncos flat out release Russell Wilson, it will throw the Broncos in the salary cap hell. They'll have to eat, what, 80, I think $85 million in dead cap space. But it will be better because Sean Payne can get his guy, and we know what Sean Payne can do with quarterbacks. Drew Brees in the Hall of Famer. One, one with Hasten Hill, Andy Dalton, and uh, not Andy Dalton, but uh, James Winston Jones. And for the Broncos, just 
clean slate, get your quarterback, and then figure out this team because the Broncos need a quarterback and spend all their other picks on defense. Because that Broncos couldn't stop a nosebleed. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, there's so much talent at the top of the draft at the quarterback position. Um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it, it, it's a move that just makes too much sense. The question I – and, you know, I do want to follow up Dylan here as well because, you know, you, you have to think from Sean Payton's point of view. I mean, the fact that you're making this much money, the fact that you have this resume that – you're expected to, you know, stand up to and the absolute pure disappointment that we've seen from Sean Payton lately, Sean Payton lately. Obviously, I know, you know, you'd be on board with them taking, you know, replacing Russell Wilson, a quarterback. Do you think just replacing Russell Wilson, a quarterback and keeping Sean Payton is the right move for Denver? Or do you do you think it'd be a better move to really just blow it up altogether, get a fresh quarterback, get a fresh new head coach, have have the head coach draft the quarterback that um you know that he'd be wanting to work with the most? Or do you think Sean Payton still has, you know, hope to hope to turn the Broncos franchise around if if he just kinda blow everything up and let him take the reins on that rebuild? I think I would keep Payton and get rid of Russ because Sean Payton in draft of acquired Russell Wilson. Let Sean Payton get his own guy and see what he can do. Yeah. Alright. Cool. Uh, but, you know, there was two teams that played last night, and, uh, you know, we uh, definitely spent a lot of time. Obviously, Denver, um, I think it's safe to say, has the most concerns between the two. But on the flip side, the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, it's a team that we have high high, high expectations for. They're the Super Bowl champions. Patrick Mahomes has led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game five straight seasons. So obviously, you know, we expect greatness every time we watch the Kansas City Chiefs play. I do want to preface this by saying it was a Thursday night. Thursday night football games have been terrible since they've been introduced. Uh, it's definitely uh, by far the sloppiest football we watch is, is the, are those Thursday night primetime games when you're coming off a short week. Do you have concerns for the Kansas City Chiefs only putting up 19 points last night against a Denver Broncos defense that, you know, obviously gave up 70 points a couple weeks ago to the Miami Dolphins. Do you think that it's a little bit more of just that Thursday night short week and it's something that we can kind of just move past and, and chalk up to, you know, the short week and, and it's just uh, they did what they had to do to win? I mean, I know anyone with uh, Harrison Butker on their fantasy team, me included, I was very happy with his performance last night, but that's probably the happiest people after last night's game with Spucker, uh fantasy owners. So, you know, what or do you, what do you Travis, Or maybe Travis Kelsey. I mean, he couldn't get in the end zone, which, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Kelsey fans are used to seeing those six points come in, but he still had a good week statistically. But pretty much that's where I'm going is, do you have concerns with Kansas City after, you know, really – having a field goal fest against Denver, or do you chalk it up to more, um, you know, just being a Thursday night short week? I see big problems with Kansas City. And I'll tell you why. What do the San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, and Jacksonville Jaguars have that the Kansas City Chiefs do not have? Number one wide receiver? Yeah. Who was Kansas City's number one receiver talking that last night? Not Travis Kelsey, because we know Tra Travis Kelsey. 
Who was Kansas City's number one receiver target last time? You talking about targets in general or production? Where, where are we going? Rasheem Rice led Kansas City receivers with four catches for 72 yards last night. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know what team this Kansas City team reminds me? Kansas City offense reminds me of a little bit. Who's that? I'll give you a hint. Name me another dynasty where a legendary quarterback and a legendary tight end played together. I, I think you must be referencing Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Yes. I'm referencing the late 2018 New England Patriots because the 2018 New England Patriots Super Bowl team didn't have – Great wide receiver. Julian Edelman was on his last legs. Gronk really wasn't the same player. James White often was often New England's leading tailback. And I'm beginning to think Kansas City reminds me so much of those New England Patriot teams. Because, yes, Travis Kelsey is amazing, but he's dealing with injuries. I mean, the Chiefs don't have anybody who scares you. And in 2023 wide receivers matter more than ever. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, other than Travis Kelsey, one of the most dangerous players we've been seeing from that Kansas City offense is Isaiah Pacheco this season. But, you know, we... That, we guy, have, looks, that guy looks like a tank. Yeah, he yeah. does. But, I mean, and just, uh, you know, to stack on that, I mean, look at what Devon, uh, Devon Achan has done for Miami this season. Running backs can come out of nowhere and they can go uh, just as quickly as they've came. So, you know, I think you make a great point with the receiving core. I mean, I'm looking, just looking statistically at the stats last night, just to kind of stack on what you were saying a little bit. Obviously, you know what Travis Kelsey's done. Rasheed Rice as the number one target, or as the number one productive receiver outside of Kelsey. Behind that, Isaiah Pacheco's six receptions for 36 yards. It's a running back. Sky Moore, who really plays a bit of a hybrid position, um, two receptions for 22 yards. Jarek McKinnon, another running back, three receptions for 20 yards. After that, Noah Gray, two receptions for 14 yards. And then you finally see another receiver with Kadarius Tony with three receptions for nine yards. It's just, I mean, Mar Valdez Scantling with one target, Justin Watson with one target. Even, I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had one reception, but you're not seeing anyone else really contribute other than Travis Kelsey and the people who are. I mean, it's really peanuts for stats. I'll tell you what, obviously coming into the season, the Kansas City Chiefs had to, uh, you know, I, I think they they will have the expectations of being one of the favorites in the AFC up until they've proven otherwise, just because of the consistency that they've had over the last couple of years. But watching this start to the season, even sitting at a 5-1 record, I'll tell you what, when Miami goes to Germany to play Kansas City, I'm a lot less nervous than I, um, you know, now for that matchup than I was at the beginning of this season. I mean, it, Kansas City obviously is talented. You've got the best quarterback in the league. You've got the best tight end in the league, and you've got one of the best head coaches in the league. That's going to win you football games on its own a lot of the times. But when you're going up against those, these Miami Dolphins or you know the you know uh, any other of these high-profile AFC teams, you know down the stretch and really when these games count, you know in this loaded AFC, I mean playoff seeding is going to play a big part. Any of these. Division winners and division leaders, you know, you really have to step up, step up for these games unless, you know, you want to have to worry about, you know, playing an away game in the playoffs. So I think this Chiefs team is one of the more beatable teams that we've seen in the last in the recent history. And it's and it's weird saying that with a five and one record. 
uh, especially last season when the Chiefs started out with a worse record than they have currently. But I'd much rather play this year's 5-1 Chiefs team than where the Chiefs were at this point in the season last season when we might have even had more question marks just because of the record. So, you know, it's definitely – I definitely agree with you on the concerns there. And as I said, you know, as a Miami Dolphins fan, you know, I'm I'm excited for that matchup. And, you know, I'm expecting to go into Germany and win that football game. Hey, hey, as someone who, whose team just went 2-0 and in the U.K., I'm glad we played the Bills week five in London rather than week 15 in um, Orchard Park. Because yeah. you know what happens in Orchard Park during December. Bad things happen. Bad things do happen. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad we don't play Kansas City and Arrowhead in November. Yeah, although you should although you should be playing doing do Oktoberfest rather than Novemberfest. That's true. Because Oktoberfest and football... Sounds like a beautiful combination. <laughs> do you think, quickly, who's one wide receiver do you think the Chiefs could acquire? Or I mean, to acquire? I think the Chiefs would love to make a move for Jerry Judy. I don't think that the Broncos are going to you know, move him within the division. I think that's a pretty fat chance of happening. Um, you know, it's tough. I mean, the thing is – I. I I think the Chiefs need the Chiefs need to make a move for a receiver, but it's got. I I would have to think it's got to come from an NFC team because I couldn't imagine any team in the AFC wanting to provide help uh, to the team who has been dominating the AFC for the past five years. Um, so you know, I mean, I think to to I don't know um, uh, who are players who are potentially you know moving out the door. I mean, if they wanted to make a big make a big statement, I mean. Trying to take CD Lamb from the Cowboys would be a very aggressive move, but Dallas you know, is not playing CD Lamb. Yeah, but I don't know. You you have a name in, in mind, though. Okay. Two names in mind. One on each coast. Cool. One of them, and two different kind of playmakers. One of them is really really fast, and the other one is really really consistent. Can you guess who they are? Really, really fast and really, really consistent on opposite coasts. Um, I don't know. This could be a multitude of people. Um, oh, no. You want another hint? Sure. One and called passes from a legendary number 12. And it's not Devontae Adams. Hmm. I mean, Brady never really had. Who am I forgetting? Mike Evans. Uh, okay. That's a good show for sure. And the other one? Marquise Brown. Nice. All right. Boy, Mike Evans with, with Patrick Mahomes, that'd be a scary sight. Yeah, because guess what? You can't double Kelsey and Evans. Mm -mm. Boy. I like that. I mean, you know, the logistics would be interesting. Um, you know, both NFC teams, which which fall in line with my theory that you know you might have to go to the NFC to be able to make that kind of move, but 
Because Devontae Adams, because the Raiders are not helping out their old tribals. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's, you know, really insightful. I think that those are two great names for them to consider for sure. We've heard the Mike Evans trade rumors, you know, going into the season. And, you know, they haven't necessarily gone away as the season's gone on. I mean, it, it would be weird seeing Mike Evans catch pass from Pat Mahomes, but he might be what the Chiefs need. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes is a different breed. You know, at this point, that he could have me as a receiver on that team. They'd still probably find a way to make the Super Bowl playoff. Patty's, you know, it's uh, and you would and you would catch three touchdowns in Las Vegas, win the MVP, and then go off in the sunset. That's hey, your idea. Give me, give me the paycheck. Give me a couple passes. I'll, uh, I'll make it worth it. You can give me a fraction of what Mike Evans would be asking for. Yeah, so Mike Evans would won fifteen million. You would just take 15, 15 cents, right? Just pay my hospital bills. That's all I ask. Hospital bills? How about your hot tub treatment? Yeah, ice bath, hot tub, all of the above, man. I don't need Javon Holland or uh, Patrick Peterson taking any shots at me. Javon, uh, Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson's older than you, than either one of us. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I, I wouldn't want to take a hit from him. I'll tell you that much. I'd rather have Pat Peterson hitting me than intercepting one of my quarterback's passes. It's true. <laughs> it depends on the stage of the game. I mean, be honest with you, this is week six is not good for injuries. It seems like everybody's hurt. I mean, which injury do you think could have the biggest impact on this? Weekend slate. This weekend slate? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I mean, on this weekend slate, see, it's tough because, like, some of the main injuries that I'm thinking of, like, the teams don't really stand a chance. Like, I mean, the Giants were never going to beat the Buffalo Bills, whether Daniel Jones was playing or not. I really don't think the Browns have a chance against uh, the San Francisco 49ers, whether uh, Deshaun Watson's playing or not. I don't think uh, the Dolphins losing to Von Achen, um really would make much of a difference whether we beat the Carolina Panthers or not. Um, just looking to see. I mean... I think T. Higgins, uh, you know, potentially being out for that Seahawks game, the Bengals need to start getting some victories. Obviously, Jamar Chase and and uh, Joe Burrow, you know, have had a connection, uh, kind of come have some sparks coming back from last week. Um, so you know, you definitely want to see Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase make that connection. But losing out, if if T. Higgins can't play, you know, this week against Seattle, the Bengals are sitting at two and three. You got to win that football game to 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 come back to even to give yourself. You know, after six games, you know, a, a good at least sit, sitting at 500 for the next, you know, 10, 11 weeks of the season. You know, you fall down to two and four. That's a big hole to come out of this early in the year. So I definitely think, you know, T. Higgins, uh, I would say, would be a would be a big one that could have a big influence, especially with, you know, how how Geno Smith and those Seattle Seahawks receivers are playing sitting at three and one. So. You know, I guess if I had to come up with something off the top of my head, I think I think T. Higgins' availability would be a, a pretty big determining factor for that for the Cincinnati Bengals. And really, it's it's tough to say must win game, but you know, falling to two and four, that's not where you want to be in that in that AFC. 
By the way, bold prediction, I think the Bengals beat the Seahawks on Sunday. Yeah, they need to, man. I mean, I, you know uh, Zach Brown's going to have them fired up, and Joe Burrow's going to do whatever he can. Zach Brown? You mean Zach Brown? You mean the country music? You mean the country music singer or the uh, McLaren guy? Did I say Zach Brown? That's uh, I, you mean Zach Taylor? Zach Taylor. That's exactly who I meant. But uh, you know, Zach Taylor is going to have the boys fired up, and you know Joe Burrow's going to try and do whatever he can to win that football game. I've got I've got a sneaky injury for him. What the heck is going on with Deshaun Watson? Because it looked like he was going to play week four, then play week four. Cleveland went on by last week. And now week six. And guess who's not playing on Sunday? Deshaun Watson. And I know this shoulder injury can last two to six weeks, but everybody's hurt. Both quarterbacks in the Super Bowl played with one played with a shoulder injury, the other played on a with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I mean it's just I know all of the fantasy football players out there know exactly how hard it's been lately, but it's just been the, the revolving cycle of injured reserve players. I mean, I'm just taking players out of my IR, IR spot throwing them into my bench, taking players in my bench, throwing them into my IR spot. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson going down was definitely a big hurt in my two-quarterback league. So, you know, it's been a tough year for fantasy football because of the injury care. So it's, it's crazy. We've seen, you know, more injuries, I'd say, this year than, uh, you know, it seems like uh, in the past. And, you know, it's definitely been frustrating. And, you know, one thing I will say about Deshaun Watson and, and that injury he's got, just please, Cleveland, please, please, please keep the man away from the massage parlors. That is not <laughs> what he needs to recover. Please. I'm not sure if that's funny. I'm not sure if that's funny or serious. I, I mean, it, it was meant as a joke, but definitely a, a good bit of seriousness behind it. Uh, you know, we need to keep that man in, in uh, safe distance. Yeah. By the way, Justin Jefferson, injured reserve. Uh, Devon Aching, injured reserve. Anthony Richardson, injured reserve. James Conner, list goes on and on. Saquon Barkley. Deontay Johnson. Well, Saquon hasn't been on injured reserve yet, but. It's bro, home Chicago Bears running back team. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Cooper Cup is just getting back after last, uh, you know, last week. But that was a tough start for for a lot of people to start the year. Hey, Jonathan Taylor falling return. Yeah, he returned to see the the Zach Moss show <laughs> firsthand. <laughs> yeah, and guess who gets your face, JT, this weekend? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, correct? Yep. All right. Don't you guys always lose to the Colts? No, the Colts. no, the Colts never win in Jacksonville. That's right. You never beat the Texans. That's right. You never beat the Texans. But put all your money on the Jaguars this weekend. Heard. That's it. That's that's if your eliminator didn't lose to the Jags on week three, or uh, the Vikings week two. All right. Um, Minute. Wait. Use Minnesota as your 
eliminated week two no. at Philly? That would have been dumb. No, 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 no. I picked the Chargers, but I'm getting myself all confused. It's been what? a long day. What? You, what? What? Did uh, Jalen Phillips sack him one too many times last week? Something like that, man. I mean, Zach Sealer, maybe. Man, uh, he's getting that nickname, Sack Sealer, coming in really quick. <laughs> by the way, uh, by the way, uh, I don't, I don't even know. If there's a great game on this weekend. I mean, what do you think's the best one on paper? Uh, on paper, I mean, I think the Seahawks Bengals is going to be a good one. By the way, by the way, I want to hear. Three picks, three convincing picks you like. It doesn't matter. I mean, not not uh, Carolina, Miami, because if because I think we both have a clear understanding. But like three games that could go either way. Who do you like in each one? Um, I'm I'm on board with you with the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Seahawks this weekend. I think the Bengals know they need to win that football game. And Joe Burrow is healthy for once. Well, yeah. healthier. He's got to be healthier, right? Uh, I've got full confidence in the Bears to beat uh, the Vikings in the matchup of one and fours. I think we're going to see. I know that the Bears have been through a lot this season, but I think, you know, I had my first gut instinct was that I, you know, I drafted DJ Moore and uh, and Justin Fields in a couple different leagues, and my first gut instinct was that they were going to get off to a slow start and then start connecting and really putting the pieces together. We obviously saw it last week, and uh, I'm excited to see this Bears team, you know, bounce back after that, uh, you know, very dominant performance last week, and you know, really, uh, you know, try and keep it going and and, and keep the Justin Fields, uh, uh, DJ Moore show going. So. You know, I, I think my second pick would definitely be the Bears and a pretty convincing win over the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm even surprised the Bears are a dog in that game because Chicago won. Justin Fields played really well. The weather's not going to help Minnesota because Kirk Cousins can't play when it's 48 degrees. It's going to be raining. could be windy. The Bears can run the ball. And uh, like the Bronx, and uh, wait a minute, who's not going to be running around on Sunday? I I hear the Vikings won't have some half decent wide receiver playing. Yeah, you know Justin Jefferson missing that game. I mean, it's it's got to be uh, kind of a scary sight to to think uh, for Vikings fans moving forward without him. And then you know for a third pick, I you know I I, I would put full confidence in the Raiders to beat the Patriots, but. You know, I don't think the Patriots will win another game for the rest of the year. I don't know why they're starting Mac Jones this this week. It's it's blow it up time in Bill in, in New England. I told you last time on our on our show, Bill Belichick's seat should be hot. It should be getting even hotter. And why we aren't talking about him being a you know a potential candidate to uh, to lose his job? I know he's done a lot for that for that organization, but the man is not a GM. And uh, you know it's really looking like it was the Tom Brady show over that over that time. I've got three. I do like the Bengals and Bears, but I really like the Saints defense. Yes, CJ Stroud has been phenomenal this year, but but uh, one but who drafted it? But who's got the New Orleans Saints in both of our Yahoo leagues? You do, correct. Yep, and here's why. The New Orleans Saints face maybe two good quarterbacks this year. One's Trevor Lawrence, 
The other one's there to go. Yeah. We just rather and throw on the pick yet. Well, uh, did you anybody see what the Saints did to Mac Jones last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, the Saints scored a lot of points, and how many points did New England score? Goose egg, baby. Yes. So, I'm. I think the Saints will get pushed. I mean, Derek Caller in a dome, so if he's healthy, I think Derek Call will be fine. Alvin Camaro's looking great. Oh, I think Chris Olave's a buy low candidate in fantasy. Yeah, I like that. You know, I was going to pick the Saints over the Texans as my third pick, but I saw the Raiders Patriots game right below it on the slate, and I always take the chance to beat up on the Patriots. Yeah, you think Josh McDaniels is going to beat? Bill Belichick, like he did in Denver, what with uh, Kyle Orton 14 years ago, right? Yeah, it's written in stone. Or 15, 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd love the Ravens in London. I mean, how the Ravens lost to the Colts and Seals beyond me, the Ravens should be five, four, four, one, five, and I mean, but I feel like Baltimore's better than its record. Yeah. I mean, Lamar's played really well. It's just that the Ravens couldn't catch a cold in Alaska right now. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, or maybe one of my best terms, best terms. If you if you listen to my golf podcast, the Raven receivers couldn't hit water if they fell off a boat in the English Channel. Yeah, it's a good one. But I think the Ravens get it together. Lamar's playing well. Well, eventually, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, somebody's going to catch the bleeping ball. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think Derrick Henry might might have, might be uh, relinquishing his throne in the UK, maybe. Yeah, I think you might be right. We, Unfortunately, you know, he's been such a pleasure to watch throughout his career, but we might be King Henry might become Prince Henry in London. There you go. I like that. I like what you said. Third, I think the LA Chargers are going to beat the Dallas Cowboys in a road game. In a road game, even the Chargers are technically hosting the game because we know the Cowboy fans will be penetrating so far on Monday night. Absolutely. Give me the, give me the better quarterback. Give me the better play caller. Give me the best uniforms in football. The Chargers bring out the Powder Blues. I don't know what's going on with Dak. I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys' ineptness to give CeeDee Lamb the ball. Give him the bleeping ball. Open it up. Throw it to Brandon Cooks. Throw it to Michael Gallup. Throw it to Jake Ferguson. Let Tony Pollard eat. What's going on, Mike McCarthy? You say you're some analytical genius? What was that last week against the the San Francisco 49ers? You look like the you look like the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Ooh. Let them have it. You look like the Oklahoma State Cowboys. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's I mean, the 49ers, they're tough. They're I mean, they are making a very big statement so far in this year that you know I might have uh, underrated them just just a tad bit in our uh, preseason rankings to put them uh, behind Philly in my NFC rankings, but you know they're uh, they're definitely uh, proven. I mean, I, I knew they'd be good, but they're uh, doing even better than I expected. Yeah, one of us picked the Eagles to win the NFC. The other one picked the 
49ers to win the NFC. Although, to be honest with you, all AFC picks right now don't look that great. No, they don't. Yeah, you picked the Bengals, bangle, and then I picked the... Who did I pick? Chiefs, right? No, I picked the Chargers. Oh, the Chargers, that's right. Oh, God. Yeah, and the Chargers keep finding way. Like, if the Chargers end up with a lead, I would be okay with Brandon Staley just putting the ball up seven with two minutes left. Yeah, honestly, I agree. The Bills will probably get a touchdown, go for two, make it, and then I'm like, fire this piece of bleep head coach when Justin Herbert throws for 485 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, fortunately, you know, we were uh, kind of going back and forth on the problems in Denver and uh, the problems, potential problems in Kansas City. I think it's pretty clear uh, that we know the source of the problem when it comes to the LA Chargers. Yeah, it's it's uh, whoever's wearing the hat. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks for hopping on, uh, Mr. Alex Taylor Swift. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Dylan. It's a pleasure as always. You know how it is, baby. Bids up.